Lucas McCann, thanks for being here. Good morning, Jake. Great to see you. Good to see you. Monday mornings are our Ask the Experts segments with Can Delta, and this is going to be a doozy. Are you and your vest ready? Let me strap in. <laughs> well, let me, let me preface it by saying uh, you guys did a 10-part series over the summer uh, focused on all things uh, cannabis retail. We've talked a lot about retail, and retail is now super heating up here in Ontario and other places. Many so hot right now. It's what? It's so hot. It's so hot. It's so, so hot, hot right now. It is hot. And it's doubly hot because their uh, AGCO is doubling their approvals. There's the new warehouse serving them from the Ontario Cannabis Store. The Ontario Cannabis Store Monday. has it. What's that? That happened on Monday, just last Monday. They, uh, they improved the rate of issuance from five a week ten. to 10 a week. We're now 40 a month. It's a lot. Well, it seems like a lot from like very little to a lot. Uh, uh, it will always seem like a lot. They set the bar so low. Um, and, and, and we're not going to talk about this. Did, I don't did, think it's one did, of the questions. Did Greg Pantelik tell you to say that word? <laughs> yes, it's good. Um, uh, but the, um, the, uh, the questions uh, are sort of rapid fire because we have a lot of them. Are you ready for rapid fire questions this early Monday morning? I think so. Let's do okay. it. Let's see if Let's we can get through it. them all. If we, if we can't get through them all, Jay, I haven't mentioned this before, but these questions are guaranteed. So if there's a question that we can't answer on retail uh, that I personally can't get an answer for you from, and we, you know, we have meetings with the AGCO, some of you regularly, pretty good contact with loads. We've seen a lot of situations. If we can't answer a question about retail that the AGCO can't answer, I will personally cut you a check for hundred bucks. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it's, this is uh, the challenge is on. Okay, I like that. We will. I'm sure you people will submit questions that are really hard for next week. So we'll get to it. Limit a one check here, people. Like okay, okay, one check. Gets it. One or check per gal, week or, gal, or yeah. ever. I mean, I've got a hundred bucks in my name. <laughs> right. Okay, are you ready? Question one. Let's do it. There are several ways to apply for an ROL license. Uh, that's a retail operator license. Uh, which way is the best overall, and does how you apply affect your timelines? I love questions where they ask what the, what's the best way to do something. Right. Uh, it's great. So there's a, there's a long answer. There's a short answer. Uh, the short answer is uh, it's a corporation. You want to incorporate. Don't file as a sole proprietor. Corporations, they have shareholders. They're separate separate entity. Uh, you know, if, if we come after someone legally, you know, they, the shareholders are effectively immune. Uh, sole proprietors and even uh, partners in a partnership, uh, you know, can be subject to, uh, uh, to further prosecution or uh, uh, other... Uh, uh, other ramifications that can happen. So always go corp. That, that's my recommendation. Go corp. You're protected. That's a, good, that's a good recommendation. And it actually factors into something our lawyers wrote uh, last week about M&A and the cannabis uh, retail space as well. Uh, not to do a callback like that, but callback like that. Okay. Number two, what is the minimum that a retail store is required to have for SOPs, standard operating procedures? Zero. You're not required to have any SOPs. However, prefacing that, strongly recommend that you know what you're going to do in certain situations and the best way to know what you're going to do or to have your employees know what you're going to have to do in certain situations is to have a guidebook or some kind of playbook to go through these situations. Uh, they're not necessarily legal documents, but they're legal instruction. So what do you do in a recall? You know, someone comes in, they had an adverse affection from a product they bought. They're breaking out in purple spots. How do you handle that? You show up and your door was kicked in and all your products gone. What forms do you fill out? Who do you call? SOPs speak to that. So, if you don't have SOPs, well, good luck. You can still get by with them. You don't need them, but they are great to have, uh, especially if you're having a lot of staff uh, that may not know the answers to questions. It's a place where to look to find all the answers. All right. That's a good one. Number three. Hello. 
That's, that's how it starts. I have a tenant who has a license. <laughs> I have a tenant that has a license and is in the process of opening a location in blacked out city. Um, she is doing the build out now and has been approved to open March 27th, 2021. I would like to move her to another unit approximately 45 feet away in the same plaza. What's the best way to do this? Will it affect her place in the queue? Okay, uh, so there's no best way, again, uh, no best advice on this one. Uh, it's not just filing as a corp that's gonna get you off the hook for that one. If you change your location, if you change your address, or even change your, your physical spot, and then renumber all the units in the unit to give yourself the same unit, but now it's just a different area with the same unit number, no, you, you can't do that. Your RSA is gonna have to be effectively repealed. You're gonna have to refile. You're gonna have to pay the $4,000 fee again, and you will lose your spot in queue. Unfortunately, there's not an easy way to do that. Sorry, I don't have better news for you. Uh, if you'd like us to give you a hand with it, please give us a show. But sorry, that's uh, that's going to be uh, back back to scratch for your tenant. That's that is the right answer, but it's not a happy answer. Okay, no. number four. I have an ROL that was filed as a sole proprietor. I would like to convert my ROL to a corp. What is the best way to do this without having to reapply and pay the six thousand dollars again? Ooh, again, another uh, one where I don't have a very happy answer. See, There's no easy way to do that. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to say? See question number one. <laughs> the entity change requires you to file again your ROL. Uh, same thing if you were to bring someone else into your company, you were to merge with a different group, uh, you have to file again. You have to pay the 6000 bucks. There's potentially a very, very small glimmer of hope that they might take the slightest ounce of consideration into your application and, and try to work with you on that. I'm not making any promises, but short answer is you got to refile. You got to repay. Okay. This one is juicy. This is number five. My realtor has found a property that is over 210 meters driving distance to an elementary school in Toronto. If one were to walk, they can make the trip in about 175 meters, which measure, which measure will be considered by the AGCO. Ooh, this is risky territory. We've seen a few properties that are literally inches inside 150 meter radius from a school uh, or the edge of a school property. You have to be extremely careful with site suitability checking. Um, it's not going to be a driving distance or a walking distance. It's going to be a straight line. And that means that if there's a park there that someone has to walk around or maybe a highway walkover, it uh, doesn't matter. It's as the crow flies, point to point. If you're inside a 150 meter circle from that school, you cannot have your store there. Case point. Sorry, that's the that's the, that's the deal breaker. Not going to uh, happen. Not going to happen. We will debate the merits of that, uh, not today. Um, number six, because <laughs> it's silly. Uh, today, I received my RSA date. My store is set to open for February 2021. What would happen if a school were to open up across from me? Uh, across the street from my proposed location before I received my license. What about afterwards? Oy. Ooh, again. Uh, so if a school uh, all of a sudden were to be funded, they found a location that was right across the street from you and, and opened up, uh, you would uh, again be ineligible to receive that license. You'd get an opening date, but your opening date is again subject to a final school check. So if a school pops up 
uh, that uh, you know that that's gonna that's gonna negate your whole licensing process. Afterwards is a different story. Afterwards, you can be grandfathered in. Uh, if you do have an inkling that there's going to be some kind of school pop up, or you're in a lease that you can't get out of, you can always negotiate with the school and ask them to relocate. And in some cases, you know, if it's a smaller, you know, maybe a technical school, something as defined under the Education Act as a you know a small school, they're in a unit. You can maybe move them a unit over. They'd have less uh, red tape to cut through, but inside that 150 meter radius again that is the deal breaker you cannot negotiate your way out of that one yikes okay number seven the agco eligibility or compliance officer messed up also she didn't review my rebuttal to public notice until june 8th 2020 and we submitted on april 2nd 2020 she clearly screwed my application uh it, also did it say the word screwed or was it another word that was used there it says screwed i'm sorry um screwed up Maybe, I, maybe okay. I'm missing a word. Also, please note, I have two stores with proof they started after mine, well after, and they are open. This is not okay. the I didn't, I, I didn't catch a question in there, but I can respond to that statement. Fair um, enough. Okay. If, if you have some evidence that maybe your application has been treated unfairly, that you've given information to the AGCO that maybe they weren't able to review in time that resulted in you getting a later date, there is a process. There is a process. You, you can appeal this process. Uh, we have done this for one of our clients in which there was uh, substantial evidence that something had not been handled properly. And that did result after we presented the evidence to the AGCO in a change of their date. They're a very fair organization. You know, they, they have some regulations and, 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 and some standards that I don't agree with, or maybe your neighbor wouldn't agree with, or, uh, you know, cannabis producers don't agree with, but they're fair. So there is an appeal process. Speak to us, speak to someone at the AGCO, let them know, present the facts. If that doesn't work, well, then there's always the, uh, the option to speak to someone who's a little bit higher up in the chain who might be handling your case. So sorry to hear that, but good luck. <laughs> okay. Uh, number eight, uh, the corporation has an ROL, one RSA with an open store and several RSAs in queue. Corporation is out of money and needs to sell. Buyer only wants the open store, so won't buy shares and needs to buy assets, i.e. have lease assigned and buy leaseholds of store. If buyer has applied for own RSA from scratch, is review faster since location already inspected and open, or will it take the months it takes to get this sale approved? Okay, I think the answer to that one, and there's always a little, you know, a little nuance to these kinds of questions. The answer is yes. So yes, it'll be faster. Yes, it'll take months. Uh, that's, that's the best answer to the question I can give. It will still have to be inspected again. You know, new owners can come in and make some changes. Uh, is that going to speed it up? Yes. I do believe it would speed up the process because, you know, the, uh, the distance uh, has been verified. Uh, if it's already operating, you know, they've, if they've been in great compliance with the, the standards and the AGCO, that's definitely going to speed things up. However, probably will still take months, bank for months. Bank for months. That's a, that's a good, months. that's actually a good just standing proposition. Just bank for months. Um, can I get, here's a good one. I actually think I had the same question. Can a gift card purchased from one cannabis retail store be redeemed at another store owned by a different ROL licensee? This could come up for stores within the same chain or brand, i.e. a McDonald's gift card is redeemable at any McDonald's restaurant, regardless of the owner, or for all participating stores, whether under the same brand umbrella or not, like Cadillac Fairview gift card is redeemable at any of their tenant stores, such as the LCBO. Huh, that's a good question. Yeah, so in theory, yes. Yes, you can do that. There are uh, POS uh, systems out there that are currently selling gift cards now that you can redeem at any cannabis retail store in Ontario. 
uh, province to province. I'm not sure if that's going to work yet. In theory, it, it could uh, because those POS system providers are often, you know, they're, they're transborder within Canada, right? Uh, so yeah, the answer is yes, we can have gift cards here. Uh, there was a rule in BC that you couldn't for some time, and that's that's recently changed as well. Well, can, can I actually ask a question on top of that? Yeah. Since I have you on the, since I have you anyway, if I or Business of Cannabis wanted to buy gift cards for like attendees at an event, could I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, you're not a license holder, right? So nope. the reason why you can't buy a gift card and give it to your friend or attendees at an event, it's not an inducement to to buy from any one store or buy any one product. Absolutely. Well, hold on, question mark. What if it, if it will be from a store? Like if I go to somewhere- It will be from a store. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. No, I would still say you still can do this. Okay, so I go to yeah. Retailer X and say, I want to buy 100 gift cards at $10 each and give them out to attend the first 100 attendees at an event. I can do that. Okay, now I'm going to say seek legal advice. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Keep me out of jail. You see the first question. Um, okay, number 10. My client has a cultivation license from Health Canada held by company X. Uh, they are looking to open a Farmgate cannabis retail store at the same location that is listed on the license. However, they have a problematic shareholder. Would it be possible for the Farmgate store to be controlled by a subsidiary of the Health Canada licensed entity? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so the answer to this one is no, that's not possible. If you're holding a Farmgate retail store ROL and uh, the subsequent RSA as well, it's got to be by the same entity that is the license holder from Health Canada. It has to be in the same uh, location, the same address that's on the Health Canada license. There's no ways around that. That's the way it has to be. No subsidiaries allowed. Sorry, Tokyo Smoke can not open its own Tokyo Smoke owned Farmgate store uh, inside Canopy. That, that won't happen. Okay. No. Uh, this branded, is yes. the, what's that? Branded. Yes. You can, you can brand as anything right. you like, right. But that's just a master business license it has nothing to do with how you're actually controlled. Okay. This one is number 11. This is the bonus question. And I like that the, there's a fun word in here. Um, my AGCO inspector has told me to install extra cameras after my security was complete. I don't think they are right. Here comes the good word. How can I amicably raise the issue without affecting the processing of my store license? Ooh. Okay. Well, there's no amicably way to do this by telling an inspector you think they're wrong. Uh, there is a polite way to do it for sure. Uh, there is a process there, again, like we mentioned, to appeal sort of the unfairness issue. If, if an inspector approaches you and says something that you don't agree with, you can always have the option of raising that with your manager. There have been a few instances where we've seen recommendations for things that aren't necessarily required. Now, keep in mind, folks from the AGCO, they're doing a really good job, as good of a job as they know how to do. They're coming from other sectors like alcohol, and gaming and horse racing. So they have all different regulations that they've been working within, different frameworks they've been working with. Now they come to cannabis and it has its own sort of set of regulations. So they've been trained on, on cannabis, but sometimes there'll be certain matters that may be up for interpretation or for dispute. Uh, there is a process to, to raise up these concerns. You can ask to speak to the manager of your inspector and have a conversation directly with them, and then they can move it up the flagpole bring that issue up, uh, collectively decide, and then whatever decision they make will be final and that will be what you have to impose. But good questions, never, never hurts to have good dialogue with your inspector and make sure that what they're asking of you is fair and that it's required. Because sometimes the suggestion will sound like a requirement, so it's good to know the difference. This has been the, not the best. I mean, they're all really good, but this one has been hyper informative. <laughs> if you are looking for a question, you think you have a question, this is the, this is the ask the experts to watch. Um, 
And so I want to thank you, Lucas McCann, for uh, your Monday morning expertise and the vest. Hey, my pleasure. Um, uh, and uh, thank you, as always, for your expertise and, and uh, for Ken Delta and the partnership, because uh, this is both super informative and pretty good fun. I just wore off my caffeine buzz. I'm going to head back to the coffee machine and pour myself another, I think. I smell mine now, so I'm ready for, I'm ready for my first one. <laughs> All right, Lucas, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Sounds great, Jay. Talk to you later. <laughs>